0: Hello, all you boys and girls, I'd like to take you to the inside world. Um, any Primus, Primus fans out there? How's it going, everybody? Welcome, welcome to a, um, to a little d and d short. Um, for those of you who have been watching my channel or listening to my channel for a while now, you know that I really like to do character builds based on sustained Damage per round, DPR. Um, You know, damage that is not super dependent on um, using up lots of resources to do that level of damage round after round after round. So sustainable, right? Um, In fact, to date, of the 27 full builds that I've done so far, um, over half of them, 13 of the characters, uh, are. Over half of them have been done on a single character sustained damage. It leaves us with 13 because the Beastmaster got two episodes and so did the Bladesinger. Anyway, over half of the episodes have been on a single character sustained damage um, focus. And, um, you know, hopefully you've all seen the graphs that I put together for each episode. Um, And and particularly the one that sort of compares my builds to each other, right? The master sustained damage graph or whatever. Um, For those familiar with it, you, you may have been noticing lately that that graph is getting really crowded, and it's becoming increasingly difficult to distinguish each build from one another because I'm running out of unique... Colors that look different enough, and a lot of the you know a lot of the lines kind of overlap one another and things. It's just getting it's getting a little crowded, and so um, I think it's time to maybe start to create tiers amongst um, at least the sustained damage per round builds that I've done. I'm sure you know tanks and duos and things like that will maybe get there eventually. Nova builds, um, for now, I don't have as many of them, so there's more room in the comparison graphs. But for the sustained damage per round graphs, um, I need to I need to start breaking them up. So I'm going to do that. I, I thought it might be fun to, you know, kind of uh, do a little short episode where I kind of rank um, all of my sustained damage per round builds thus far, and uh, do a little... A little ranking show. So um, that's what we're doing today. Now, the way that I determined the ranking was, was really fairly simple. Um, I took the average damage that a build does across all enemy armor classes, or at least that I account for, right? Uh, enemy AC of 10 to 25. Um, and across all character levels, again, at least that I account for. As you guys know, I do a damage report at level 6, level 9, level 13, and level 17, right? So all enemy ACs end at those levels and just averaged them all together to get one single number um, to to sort of give us, if admittedly an over an overly simplified way... Um, but at least a number, a way, nonetheless, to kind of say, okay, here's sort of the average damage that average damage sustained damage per round that this character does, sort of against all variety of enemies and um, and at sort of throughout their life span, right? At at all the different levels and things. Um, you know, I think this is important to, to kind of look at it that way if we're going to be talking about and thinking about the sort of relative power of a, one character versus another. Um, just because, again, as, as we mention a lot on this channel, you know, so many people, I think, when they're trying to determine how strong a character is, how much damage a character can do, they tend to say, well, at level 20, this character can do blah, blah, blah. And again, like who plays the game at level 20? Hardly anybody, right? So what's the point in that? I don't know. Um, and also, um, you know, they, they tend to, people tend to say, well, this character can do X amount of damage, but more often than not, it seems like they are just saying if all of their attacks land, they will do X amount of damage. And I think that's a little disingenuous or at least, um, a little obtuse, uh, whether intentional or not, because as we know, not all enemies are created equal, you know, and the likelihood of us always going up against armies of enemies that have very low armor class or saving throws and and so we can therefore just assume that all of our attacks are going to land um that never happens right the likelihood of that happening is slim um and so again we like to account for character level we like to account for enemy armor class kind of look at all of those and try and find like an aggregate number of you know what this character can can expect to do um you know over their lifetime against uh, all kinds of different enemy types so um let us do that so for right now i've just got two tiers later maybe in the future i might b- break that up into into more i think two's two's enough for now and i want to start at the bottom and work our way up to create more drama um, also note that um, these numbers are based on the revamp that I did for um, the changes that were introduced with Tasha's Cauldron of Everything and the changes that I made to some of the older episodes. So for full details, at least on the older episodes prior to you know n- mid-November of 2020, I guess, um, you'll want to watch the original video, but then also... The, the updated How Tosh's Changes Everything videos um, to kind of get the full details on the build if, if you're not familiar with them. Um, for everybody else, let's go. Uh, so tier two, starting with tier two and um, coming in at number 13, the, the lowest sustained damage per round on average um, build that I've created this far is going to probably surprise a lot of you, I would think. And um, it is the, uh, the Mounted Battlesmith, um, coming in at just 39 damage per round, on average, sustainable throughout, again, the character's life cycle. Um, this was the most often-requested build that I had had, uh, at least to date, when I, when I recorded it. Um, and I think the reality is, you know, dual-wielding, uh d12 weapons is just not as amazing in practice as it really seemed on paper um so anyway we're not gonna we're not here to debate that i'm sure so plenty of you will say well you did it wrong um if you would have done it this way they would be the best at number 12 um coming in at 41 sustained damage per round we have the munger the monk ranger um, this probably surprises none of you, um, but it breaks my heart because I want monks to be good. I want it so bad. I I love monks. Come on, Aang, represent. Um, unfortunately, The Last Airbender uh, is not a character in D&D, or he would be the best. Maybe I need to make A Last Airbender build. Future episode idea. Anyway, um, at number 11... Uh, also, with 41 sustained damage per round, but if you, if you, if you pull out the decimals, um, they win by just a fraction. Uh, we have the, uh, the sorcerer with the magic touch, the magic touch sorcerer, that I did just a few weeks ago. I don't feel too bad about this one being kind of at the bottom, um, because I put some pretty challenging limitations on myself uh, in the name of roleplay and story and character. Um, and I was just kind of happy to get it to be competitive. So, anyway, um, the Sorcerer with the Magic Touch at number 10, with an average damage per round of 46. Um, we have our first Bard, the Bard Locker. Remember, I actually tried really hard with this character to sort of keep them as Bardy as possible um, and still let them be you know, the, the all-singing, all-dancing crap of the world, and give them sort of as much damage as I could. Um, and so I, I was pretty pleased with, with how the numbers turned out for that character. Uh, coming in at number 9, with 49 average sustained damage per round, we have the oft-maligned but much-improved Beastmaster. Um this of course is is the Beastmaster 2.0. The original Beastmaster video that I did, I I'm I'm positive would be in the very last place. And uh, and 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 I can't imagine anybody post Tasha's actually creating a Beastmaster using the old sort of companion rules even though I'm about to do that for the video that I'm going to release tomorrow. Slight spoiler warning. Um, So I'm I'm eating my words there. But anyway, um, this character, the Beastmaster, definitely wins the Most Improved Player Award for 2020. So good job, Beastmaster, and thank you, Tasha's Cauldron of Everything. Um, At number eight, with 53 sustained damage per round, surprising many... I would guess, of the veteran min-maxers of the D&D 5E community. Um, if they actually watched the show, <laughs> they'd probably be surprised. The crossbow expert sharpshooter ranged fighter. Um, this was the the second episode that I did. And I remember at the time, a lot of people, most people, it seemed like that I read were like, this is the cream of the crop for sustained damage per round. Or or at least it's, it's one of the best, right? Um, you know, I think in the end, this, this character was a great example to me um, of sort of the importance of advantage. And, and I think it was its greatest weakness as not having a reliable way to get advantage. And so, you know, their damage would start really high at a low enemy armor class, but it, would sh- it falls fairly steeply. Um, as the enemy armor class increases, due to that lack of advantage that they have, when compared to you know other builds that we've done. So, um, yeah, I think if I were to try and recreate this character in-game today, that would be sort of my first My first goal, would be to try and find a way to get them um, advantage consistently. And it's not easy, because they were ranged, and so you couldn't just throw in some barbarian levels or anything. Anyway. Um... At number seven, leading uh, over all the other tier two builds, we have the Sorkadin, the Blast Lock, the Eldritch Sorcerer, right? Um, you know what? A little bit of trivia, actually. <clears throat> this is actually the character that inspired me to um, to start this channel in the first place. I I read a while ago, last summer, um, this Forum post that somebody made. I don't even remember who. I don't even. Rem- I don't even know if I could find it today. But anyway, they were arguing that the that the Sorcadin, the Blastlock, um, <clears throat> was was the best uh, sustained damage per round character that you could make in D anD Five E. And when when you accounted for enemy armor class. And I kind of thought, I, I wonder if that's true. And so I tried to create one as powerful as I could. And I, and I kind of tried to round up all the other sort of uh, commonly thought of as you know strongest sustained damage builds in D&D and, and started to try and create them and compare them to one another and graph them. And I was kind of like, this is not only fun, and at least interesting for me, but I, I bet you there's an audience that would be interested in this too. So anyway, I, I, have, I have the, the sorkidan to thank for that. Um, they are, uh, they are well, I, I'm, I'm happy to report, I think, that that, that guy, whoever it was, was, was wrong. Um, but I'm grateful to the sorkidan nonetheless. Congratulations, uh, Eldritch Sorcerer. You are the best of all. The second placers, um, and and of course, right. Uh, this list here is is a little bit silly, in, in a way. Like there's there's <clears throat> none, none of these characters actually fight in a vacuum. Um, there's so much more to the game and to a character than just how much sustained damage per round can they do. Um, one great thing about the Sorkidan, for example, is that uh, they they also they can do good damage, but also. Um, provides a, you know fantastic support and versatility um, to their team and and things. So anyway, we all love ranking stuff, and if you just want to talk about sustained damage per round, well, this is a fun little exercise. So let's move on to tier one. Tier one, bringing up the rear of the tier one characters, coming in at number six. We have, uh, with 55 average sustained damage per round. This one actually surprised me. Um, I would have thought it would be higher, but, um, the Fighterian, the great weapon master, Polearm arm master, fighter barbarian. Um, I think this, this character was maybe the most negatively impacted by, um, by the changes from Tasha's Cauldron of Everything, uh, specifically the rune, the rune knight nerf. They would probably be way higher otherwise, but um, again, still very strong. I played this character in a campaign as well, and it was fun and ridiculous. Um, At number five, with 58 average sustained damage per round, we have one of my favorites, the Swashbuckler Rogue. Um, This character actually got a really nice bump from the changes to Beastmaster in Tasha's. Uh, putting them over many builds that uh, they were previously previously would have fallen below, um, you know. With the vast majority of uh, this character's damage coming from one single huge attack every round, but that was made with triple advantage thanks to Elven accuracy. Um, they have one of the one of the flattest damage arcs of any uh, character that I've that I've ever done. And, and flat is good for us, right? As, as the enemy armor class increases, the the damage per round barely decreases. Um, the only one who is flatter is also the most problematic build I've done, I think, to date, uh, number four, with 67 damage per round on average, the grappler. The, the grappler monk. Uh, mostly monk. Um, I, I really hesitate, to be honest with you, to even rank this character as high as I do. Um, Like I've said, of all the builds that I've done, this one is the one I'm most uncomfortable with sort of recommending that someone try to play it as is in-game. Yes, if you were fighting target dummies or in a world where enemies never tried to attack you for some reason, even though you have them grappled and they can't really even attack anybody else, <laughs> then those numbers are accurate and you could expect to do as much damage as I show. But, you know, the reality is in game, it just wouldn't, would it would very rarely work as well as um, the numbers would show. Um due mostly to the fragility of the damage you get from uh, the Spore's Druid. I I failed to account for the change to the Spore's Druid in Tasha's um, that takes away the damage that you get when your temporary hit points from that uh, circle expire. Um, And if you're interested to see a revamp of the build, I I actually did post in, in a thread on the subreddit um, uh, uh, like a, some changes that I would make to the build to make it a little more practical in game and I think it works it still works very well um, but it would reduce the damage uh, it probably drop this character down to to tier two I'm, I'm almost positive um, that said the video's up I'm not going to take the video down you know uh, it is what it is we just have to we just have to take um, these numbers with a, a little grain of salt so. Moving on to the top three, the Podium Reachers, taking home the Bronze Medal with 68 average sustained damage per round, the um, the character that I bet most D&D 5e min-maxers would consider to be the cream of the sustained damage per round crop, <laughs> the Hexblade Warlock, the Pamlock. Um, my very first build on the show. For what it's worth, uh, at lower levels and at lower enemy armor classes, um, the Hexblade really is kind of the bee's knees, but they do taper off a wee bit as, uh, as they level when compared to these, these, these last two, uh, and as enemy armor class increases. So anyway, still incredibly strong, and that damage is, for the most part, quite sustainable. Um the silver medalist second place with 75 average damage per round the dark and brooding one the cure fan the goth emo death cleric um now of course when i crunched numbers for this build um i assumed that every round you were fighting two enemies who were standing next to each other <laughs> Uh, the numbers here are going to swing fairly widely, depending on how many targets you're facing, how close they're standing together, um, etc. That said, I am playing this character in, uh, in one of our campaigns right now. We just, uh, we just played it two nights ago, and we had this combat encounter that felt like it was just designed especially for me. So thank you, Preston, for letting me. Have my moment in the in the spotlight uh, we were we were packed into a room, and there were like seven or eight murlocky fish creatures and um, I mean it was you know between spirit spiritual guardian spirit guardian spiritual weapon, and hitting two characters with toll the dead every single round um, it was a glorious eyeliner-infused bangs-hanging-over-one-eye death fest. Um, I, I fully expect that there will be plenty of future fights against one or two really strong enemies who aren't standing close to each other, and my own damage per round numbers will fall through the floor. But, man, the other night, it was, it was insanity, and it was a lot of fun. Um, at number one... The gold medal champion, of course, my darling, my favorite, and most of my viewers' favorite uh, too, judging by the number of views and likes and comments, is the gish of all gishes, um, the Bladesinger. The The fine print on the Bladesinger, of course, is that you know when I calculated for sustained damage per round, I cheated just a wee bit, um... You know, I always pretended uh, that the numbers I showed were truly sustainable. Uh, The reality is they were always dependent upon using your highest level spell slot in combat. And especially at higher levels, you know, with level 7, 8, and 9 spells, um, you're only getting one of those per long rest. And so, you know, you could make the argument, well, these numbers aren't truly sustainable. Sustainable over an entire combat encounter? Yes. Yes. And so, sustainable, but maybe not sustainable over an entire day. Unless, of course, your dungeon master tends to, to give you one really hard combat encounter per day and then give you a long rest. Which some do. Um, but anyway. Um, to be fair, you could make the same argument about a lot of the builds that I've done. In fact, I think the the well, the well Death Cleric definitely, the, the Pamlock Hexblade, um, I think I was... By level seventeen, I was counting Hexblade's Curse on every target that you ever fight, even though I think you could only use it over an entire counter, but once per short rest. Is that right? Anyway, um, in the end of the day, at the end of the day, the the thing about the Blade Singer that that is that makes it so. Amazing, and I'm sure many of you would agree uh, Is not just the fantastic sustained damage per round that they do, but the incredible versatility mobility and even tankiness survivability at least that they bring um, You know having a full suite of wizard spells uh, Coupled with some really nice uh, subclass buffs to your to your defensive capabilities um, Just make this character so much fun to play in game, and if you haven't done so I highly recommend that you consider it for um, an upcoming session. So, that's uh, that's our ranking um, for the builds that I've done. Thanks for, thanks for watching. A little teaser for, um, as I sign off, for the video that I'm uh, about to release tomorrow, if everything goes according to plan. Um, I'm pretty sure that the build I'm going to do for tomorrow is going to fit into the tier one ranking. It is a sustained damage per round character. Um, and if that ends up being true, it will be a complete and total shocker to me, because I did not anticipate it as I was beginning to create the character. Um, I might end up being wrong. I don't think I am, because but I haven't finalized it yet. I haven't finished crunching all of the numbers. Um, so tune in tomorrow uh, and find out if I'm right. Anyway, love you guys. Thanks, and uh, hope you have a fantastic day, and we will see you soon.